What's up, maniacs? My name is Sky Menhart, and you are listening to Manic State of Mind, a podcast where I discuss my journey with bipolar disorder, mental health tips, and more. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, y'all. I know it's been a minute since I have made a podcast. My life has just gotten really crazy. Um, It's weird how sometimes when I really need a change, changes happen, and it just pushes me into a different direction. I am someone who really loves to undergo like transformations. I know that sounds kind of cheesy maybe, I don't know, but I really love like when life throws me a curveball. I know that sounds weird, but I just feel like a lot of growth happens when you go through some big changes, so I'm kind of happy that I had a bunch of things happen. But anyway, it's been really stressful regardless, even though some of the changes have been really good, but it's been really stressful and I just haven't had the energy to sit down and record, but I'm back today because I have a lot of ideas and I have some things I wanted to talk about. And one of the things I wanted to speak about today, I just wanted to give a few practical tips that I've been thinking about lately and things that have really helped me with my journey and helped me kind of go through some of the tougher parts of my mental health journey. And one of those things is self-advocacy. So this is something that I wish I knew from the very beginning, something that you kind of have to learn with experience. But the reason I wanted to share it today is just in case any of you who are listening is kind of new to your mental health journey and you maybe haven't learned this skill yet, this is something that is really going to help you, especially when you're going in to talk to your healthcare provider or your your therapist, whoever is helping you. So basically advocating for yourself. This is so essential and what this means to me is just expressing my needs in a very clear way to my healthcare provider. Now this can be kind of difficult sometimes, especially if you're someone who isn't used to speaking up for yourself, if you're someone who maybe struggles with boundary issues, if you have a hard time saying no, or if you just feel nervous about expressing your needs in general. I know I used to be that kind of person and a lot of times I would be like, okay, well, I'm, I should be able to trust my doctor. They'll know exactly what's best for me and I won't have to say anything. But the truth is, even though there's a lot of great doctors out there who can anticipate your needs in a really good way, if you're not speaking up for yourself and making your needs known and making them clear to your healthcare provider, they're not going to know how to treat you as effectively as they can. So, for example, this might look like if you're on a medication that makes you feel sick. It doesn't make you feel better. You feel maybe you feel really tired all the time and you don't like it. This means you're going to speak up and you're going to let your doctor know like, hey, this medication is not working for me. Can we try something else? Because I'm feeling tired all the time. I don't like how this makes me feel. I want to switch. I want to take something else. I want to try a new thing because this isn't working. And I know that sounds really simple and basic, but I think a lot of times when we start on our mental health journey, we don't really have this skill because we just kind of assume that people are either going to be able to read our minds or just know exactly what to do in every situation without us having to really guide them or let them know what we're feeling or thinking. And this can be pretty scary, like I said, if you're someone who's not used to speaking up for yourself. I know if you have somebody close to you that may be a parent or a guardian if you're younger, or just someone who is really supportive of you, who you can take with you to your doctor's appointments, to your therapist meetings, whatever it may be, just somebody that makes you feel comfortable and safe who can help you express yourself, this can be really helpful too. 
But in my case, you know, I used to do everything with my mom. And she kind of is a really controlling person. And so she would kind of take over the whole thing and control my whole, my whole, like all of, all of my, my choices, my medication, everything. And it it ended up really being a toxic thing in the end because I wasn't making any of the decisions for myself. So I kind of had to get out of that and start advocating for myself and saying what I wanted instead of just going with what she thought was best, because that's how I went for a lot of my life through a lot of my life and it really wasn't helpful in the end to me and it wasn't healthy so that's why I think it's really important to advocate for yourself because as much as these doctors you know they're great a lot of doctors are really great they do an amazing job if you don't speak up for what you need or how you feel or how certain things are making you feel they're not going to know how to treat you in the best way possible and I really believe that with mental illness when you're dealing with mental issues, when you want to have good mental health, treatment is essential. Just like a physical illness, you know, say you have diabetes, and I can't tell you how many times I've heard this example told to me, so I'm going to say it to you because I'm sure there's some of you out there who have also been told this example. Just like when you have diabetes, you have to take insulin. It's the same for your mental health. When you have mental health, when you have mental health issues, when you have a mental illness, you have to treat it. And with treatment, you can live a better life because you can treat it so that the symptoms aren't as impactful, so that the symptoms aren't as drastic, as dramatic, as painful. And then you can live a happier, more sustainable life. That's why I think getting help for your mental illness is really essential. And it really makes the world of difference because you're no longer kind of floating along on your own, trying to hold everything together, you know, gritting your teeth and just trying to not buckle under the pressure. You're reaching out, you're getting the help you need, you're getting support, and you're being given tools that can help pull you out of negative spaces. That's why I want to really encourage you if you can, to seek treatment and get help for your mental illness because it's going to make such a big difference and you're really going to notice it. Now, this doesn't... Oh, another thing I wanted to say. So this kind of goes along with your whole mental health journey. And I guess that's the theme of today's episode, like tips for your mental health journey. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. But another thing that's really important... Another thing that's really important is just keeping in mind that everything takes time. Now, this is something that I also wish I knew in the beginning because I think a lot of times, especially when it comes to our health, we want to see immediate results. You know, I think we live in this culture of instant gratification. And so when we are trying to pursue better health and we're trying to get help for something, we really want it to heal as quickly as possible. But when it comes to your mental health, as with your physical health, I'd say, A lot of things just take some time. And this can mean months, this can mean years, but it's really important to keep that in mind because you are going to need a lot of patience and perseverance on your journey. Things just take a long time. And I'm going to say this with experience, you know, I've been in therapy on and off for 10 years and now finally, finally now that I'm 23, I really am noticing the benefits of therapy and the benefits of taking my medication and the benefits of getting treatment and getting help. 
And now I feel like a much more complete and happy person. I feel stable and secure, but it has taken such a long time to get to this place. And I'm not saying that to discourage you. I'm not saying that to, to tell you, oh, just give up. It's going to take forever before you feel good. Because a lot of times you are going to feel better. You are going to feel better quickly. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have good days. It just means that it might take a while to find the things that work for you. And so I want people to understand that you do need a lot of perseverance when it comes to pursuing healthy mental health. It might take you a while to learn new coping skills. It might take you a while to have a breakthrough in therapy. It might take you a while to get on the right medication. But I want you to know that putting in the time and effort really is worth it and it makes such a difference. And the great thing that I've, I've come to find, especially about therapy, I think for a while, you know, I, I've gone to therapy and it hasn't really clicked in my mind. You know, I get what the therapist says. I understand how to cope sometimes. But for a long time when I was in therapy, it just seemed like I wasn't able to apply what I was learning that effectively. But now as an adult, as my frontal lobe has sort of come together a little bit more, I feel like I'm really able to process and understand the concepts I learn in therapy and directly apply them to my life in an easier and more functional way. So I want you to know that as you age, things do improve just because you become more mature, you become wiser, you get more experience, and this does make things easier. So I don't want you to give up, I don't want you to feel discouraged, but I want you to know that things do take time, especially when it comes to your mental health. And you may want this quick fix, something that's going to change everything overnight, but that's just not the case, especially when it comes to medication. You know, sometimes medication will take a month to even kick in. So you'll be taking this antidepressant for about a month before you begin to notice its effects. And that can be discouraging in and of itself because a lot of times when we get these medications, we really want them to kick in right away so we can experience the benefits, notice the effects right away, and feel better as quickly as possible. But it's not always going to work that way. So a lot of patience is required. You're going to need to be really kind to yourself, really gentle with yourself, and really accepting of yourself during the time that you're waiting for a change to happen. And this can be really discouraging, but I promise you that when when you finally do start to feel better and when you finally do notice these changes, you're going to be all the more thankful that it took this long because you know that the changes are lasting. And so that's another thing. It's the same with therapy, in my opinion. It might take a, a few months for you to, to really make progress or really understand something or really have a big breakthrough. But when you do, you're really going to be thankful that you put in all the work to make that happen because now you have a new skill or you feel confident in an area that you weren't confident in before and you feel like you can take on new challenges. And so that is a really positive thing and it's a really good sign of growth. And I think a lot of times when it comes to growth of any form, whenever you kind of have your first big breakthrough or your, or your first leap of faith or your first big moment, 
you really it really inspires you and encourages you to keep going because you really get used to that good feeling of accomplishing something or completing something or finding the right thing for yourself and you want to do it again so you have the motivation to continue forward on your path and that is really exciting that's really positive so that's another reason why having patience and perseverance throughout the tough times is really worth it um another thing i wanted to talk about today is I also wanted to share something about anxiety. Now, this is for anxiety for a very specific situation, but I wanted to just give this example of how we can talk ourselves down from an anxious moment and how we can kind of ease into things. And I feel like this tip is especially relevant now because I know it's sort of a social anxiety tip and I know with things opening up with things the restrictions are kind of getting a little more you know lenient here in the U.S. so I want to give this little tip for social anxiety because I know a lot of us a lot of us are introverts we we don't love people you know staying at home and quarantining is a dream you know what I'm saying So I know for me, that's how I am. Like, I never really got to quarantine much this uh, this pandemic because I had to work the whole time. But like just the thought of just staying at home for two weeks without having any human interaction sounds like a dream vacation to me. And I'm really bummed that I didn't get to do it as much as I would have liked. But so I do have a little bit of social anxiety, you know, naturally as an and I'm not saying every introvert has this. I'm just saying this is how I am. I get a little nervous around people. I get a little anxious. And I know sometimes I have this weird thing where I walk into a room or somewhere, maybe out in public, and I hear people laughing and I assume they're laughing at me and or they're talking about me, which is kind of ridiculous. And I think this just comes from like being bullied as a kid or something because I don't really understand why else I would feel that way. But, um, you know, I, a lot of times in those moments, I've just kind of had this self-awareness moment where I'm like, wait a second. I try to rationalize with myself and I'm like, you think those people are thinking and talking about you? Why would they be talking about you? They don't even know who you are. They probably don't, didn't even notice you come into the room. Like why they do not care about you. How selfish are you? to assume that these people are thinking, talking, laughing about you. You selfish bitch. You selfish bitch. Oh my God, that's so hard for me to say. So anyway, I kind of yell at myself and I talk myself out of having a little bit of anxiety by calling myself selfish, by saying like, how dare you think these people would be thinking about you, talking about you, looking at you even. And honestly, I know that sounds a little counterintuitive. Some of you may be like, oh, that's mean. Don't be mean to yourself. But it really works. And it's just using logic and rationality to get yourself out of an anxious state. And I think this is a really great way to deal with anxiety. And another reason I mention this is because lately I've been having some anxiety, like just anxiety attacks at night, especially, you know, my chest starts to get really tight. I have chest pain. I, my heart hurts. It feels like somebody's sitting on me and I can't breathe. And a lot of times I will think, oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm having a heart attack. And then I get on WebMD and I diagnose myself with 25 different disorders. And I'm like having a full-blown panic attack at this point. 
But one thing, I was speaking with my psychiatrist the other day and he was like, listen, you never die. Every time you have an anxiety attack, you think you're going to die, you never die. So next time you have one, just assume like, hey, I'm not going to die. I didn't die last time. I'm not going to die this time. And he just tried to explain to me that you like sometimes you just have to reason with yourself in order to prevent these kind of feelings and this overwhelming anxiety. And I think that's a really helpful way to kind of deal with it. And it can be difficult in the moment to rationalize with yourself, especially if you're not used to kind of talking yourself out of things. I know for a long time I was this kind of person who I liked. For some reason, it was like the anxiety kind of felt like a rush of emotion. So I would always try to like intensify it and make it as intense as possible, which sounds really weird. But I was into some weird stuff. I don't understand why, but I used to enjoy those kinds of things because it would be like a rush of feelings. And I guess for a long time I was really depressed and I didn't have any emotions. So it was kind of nice to at least feel something, even if it was painful anxiety. But anyway, I used to like go overboard and like lean into it and have a really bad anxiety attack just because I wanted to feel something, which sounds so sad, but it's true. So I think in those, when I was in that place, it was hard, it would be hard for me to rationalize with myself because I was way more impulsive and I was just going with whatever I was feeling in the moment instead of really listening to what I needed and being in tune with myself. So I think that's another thing that's really important. And I think just having self-awareness is really important. And this can help you in so many ways. Just becoming aware of the way you think, why you feel certain things, why you think certain things, and really noticing that and being mindful of it so that you can change the way you think. Because even though, you know... There's a lot of great things you can do for your mental health, but I think getting control, getting in control of your thoughts is the most important thing. That is the key to everything, getting in control of your thoughts. And it can be really hard and really scary. I know for a long time, I had no control of my thoughts. I was not in tune with myself. I was not even hardly like in my body. I was totally oblivious most of the time of the time. And I was really miserable. I always felt horrible. I was always depressed. I never was happy. But after a long time, after going through a lot of therapy and really working on myself, I finally came to this place where I was aware of my thoughts and I was aware of the reasons why I did certain things. I was aware of my actions. I was aware of my inner processes. And I think that what is it? Is it CBT? I think cognitive behavioral therapy can really help you with this. CBT kind of helps you become aware of your thoughts and how they affect your behaviors. I know that's a really basic explanation, but if your therapist is aware, or I'm sure your therapist is aware of CBT, if they're a CBT therapist, really take advantage of that and try to get inside your own mind and kind of understand why you do certain things and why you act certain ways because Becoming self-aware can help you in so many ways. It can help you become aware of when you're when you might be more anxious, when you might be more depressed, when you might need certain things, you know, like when you might need to take a break and have a relaxing day or certain times of the month where you know you feel a little more anxious, a little more upset, so you might take it easy during those days. 
So it's just a matter of becoming aware of your thoughts, really tuning in and listening to yourself. Now, this can be really difficult, especially if you're someone who is uncomfortable with this, who really wants to numb themselves, who isn't ready to feel their feelings, who is afraid of listening to their thoughts. I know there's a lot of people who can't sit alone with themselves. And sometimes I struggle with this too, where it's like hard for me to just be alone with my thoughts because I feel like they go to a dark place if I'm, if I'm not like distracting myself with something. And that can be really scary. So a lot of times I totally do this where like I have the, t- the I have my shows on all day. I have a podcast on all day so I don't have to just sit and be alone with myself because if I do I get into a bad space but I encourage you if you are one of those kind of people I think a lot of us do this even if we're not aware of it if you're one of those people who likes to drown out your thoughts and I'm not saying it's bad to have stuff on all day because I know sometimes it helps me think easier if I have something playing in the background so I'm not saying that's a bad thing I'm just saying if you're doing that to distract yourself from from if you're avoiding your own thoughts and feelings then this is when it becomes a problem so if you're one of those kinds of people who you know does that who you know you do this then maybe try to take a break and just take some time each day to sit with yourself and kind of write your thoughts down write down what you're feeling become aware of it or even if you're not a writer you could record yourself i know what i do a lot of days if i need like a therapy session but i have i don't have one scheduled that week I will take my video camera and I will record a video and just kind of talk out my feelings with myself. And that helps me so much because I'm just expressing myself. I'm getting these feelings out and I'm giving myself an outlet and a way to do that. I'm giving myself that time and space to let my feelings out, to express myself. And this really helps me, especially when it comes to complicated emotions. You know, sometimes I get into overthinking loops where I'm ruminating about something and I'm really in a bad place. And so if I take that time to just talk things out with myself, reason with myself, rationalize with myself, then I do feel a lot better. So I encourage you, if you have that time, if you feel like doing that, make some time, take some time and really get to know your thought processes because that is going to help you ultimately more than anything is just being aware of your thoughts. And it can be really simple, you know, just kind of noticing how you feel at certain times of the day, writing it down, just becoming aware of it, becoming aware of emotions. I know for me for a while, it was hard to know what I was feeling just because I was so out of tune with myself that I wasn't even aware of my own feelings most of the time. And so just becoming aware of words that you can use to describe your emotions. I know they have these like charts online that show you all the different emotions, all the words, you know, angry, sad, upset, irritated, in love, happy, you know, different emotions. And you can look at that and kind of get the words for your feelings. And I know that sounds crazy. It might be so elementary to just express how you feel. But for some of us, especially people who have gone through trauma or abuse, it can be really hard to get in touch with your feelings. So I think it's really important to just kind of become aware of this stuff, becoming aware of your thoughts and emotions, how they affect your everyday life, and how you can change them to improve your life. And that is a really hard journey. And that is another thing that is going to take some time. 
and it's not going to be necessarily easy, you know? That is something that takes a lot of dedication, that takes a lot of effort, but I promise you it's worth it. When you become aware of yourself, it's really worth it because you're able to grow so much quicker, at a quicker pace and with more ease. So I encourage you to get to know yourself on a deeper level and do that because that's going to help you a lot in the long run. So anyway, y'all, that's all I have for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this show, please leave me a rating, leave me a review, let me know what you think. And I will see you all hopefully next week. Like I said, my life has been really crazy. It's just been wild right now. I don't really feel comfortable talking about it yet. But I promise you I will be back with an update as soon as I can. And I hope to be back next week with some new content. I will see you all then. I hope you have a wonderful day and I will see you next week.